0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Disciples' Quest. I'm Justin. I'm Will. And I'm Emily. And we are excited to come at you guys with a brand new episode. It's a beautiful day here in Winnipeg. Uh, We're very excited for today's episode because we are finally wrapping up Ephesians. Woo! I said finally like that's a bad thing. No, we're very excited. (laughs) It is going to be part two of Ephesians
1: chapter six.
2: And part 11 of the series. I mean,
1: is it a beautiful day, though?
2: Minus 12 is not beautiful compared to what we had. I mean, it feels like
1: minus 20, apparently. Well,
0: you know what? The sun is shining. It is. Yeah, there's and for
2: once, Will's window is like not covered with the curtains, so we can actually see outside. Like, yeah. That's new.
0: Hmm clear blue skies mm-hmm. we have a lot to be
1: well i guess it could be like a cup half full hu- cup half empty kind of scenario i mean it could be minus 40 so we're lucky it's not that exactly <laughs> see now you're
0: getting the winnipeg mindset
1: ah okay i got you. it could be minus 40 but it's <laughs> so every jaded winnipeg has to adopt or he's miserable like for the rest of his life pretty much
2: well that's the rest of his life in winnipeg
0: mm-hmm. mm.
1: yes but yeah hey uh william how was your week my week went pretty well Um, I of course worked and, uh, this next week is marks the first week I'm working at home. So they gave me a really nice computer to work with and another monitor. And I also managed to secure a new larger apartment for me and my future wife. So that's pretty exciting. Woo. Awesome, man. Uh, what about you, Emily?
2: Um, well, I worked a lot of overnight shifts at my casual job um, yeah, so it's nice to get some more money in while I'm working on raising support for my next job And that's pretty much it And I saw the apartment with William And I think it's going to be a great place for us to live It's actually in the same building we're in right now One floor below us
0: Wow, yeah. big move, big move I know William, you're going to have to rent a U-Haul You're going to have to get friends together to get a truck Like, how are you going get, to get this all prepared,
1: man? Like, that's a lot of moving It is a lot, I'll have to figure this out somehow. Like, there's at least one flight of stairs Yeah I know I'm going to have to make at least 20 trips of just walking. Yeah, man, that's tough. I don't know how you're going to do it. Walking like 10 meters.
2: <laughs> yeah, so it's nice that I can just gradually move my stuff down there over the next couple of months.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, William, your
0: house is going to get very... What's the word? It's going to turn... Yes, that's exactly what I was looking for. I'm like, the personality of her place which I've seen, is going to transform into your place. Just thought I'd let you know. So you're not going to be able to have um, boring paintings on the wall anymore. You're going to have Emily's unique approach to yep. design. I'll say that.
2: <laughs> All the things.
0: See, I I'm a maximalist. Right
2: <laughs> I'm a maximalist and he's a minimalist. So it's a really weird mesh that we have to figure out. I don't know how to yep. do it, but we're going to figure well, it out.
0: You guys are the ones that are signing the contract, not me. So signing contract both when it comes to the place and <laughs> in a few months when you sign your actual
2: marriage contract, contract yes. thing. Yeah, so pretty exciting stuff. Um, how was your week, Justin?
0: My week was good. Uh, I can't complain about anything. Uh, I've been able to get a lot done at work. Uh, I'm not going to talk about work again because I've done it a couple times now, but work's going great. I was able to get to the gym as well. And I'm feeling good, my heart's doing good, so yeah, my life's going decent. So, today's topic will be the conclusion of Ephesians. And we're going to be starting on verse 10, and we're going to work all our way all the way till the end, which would be till 24. And I read last week, I think Emily read the week before, so William, do you want to read? Sure. Ephesians 6.
2: Do it. Do it.
0: All right,
3: let's
1: do it. So from the NIV, uh, starting at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes... and pray to the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert always and keep on praying for the people or for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak words may be given to me, that I will fiercely, fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador of change. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that... You may also know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters in love with faith from God, the father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Amen. Sweet.
0: That was awesome. Can't wait to get into all of this.
2: Yeah this is the passage that made me pick ephesians as our first book to explore in the podcast i've always loved the imagery of being in armor under god i have so many notes about this passage that i'm hoping to one day make it into a published book but for now i'm just gonna give you the abridged version of things
0: sweet glad to hear
1: um well it sounds like you've put a lot of work into it emily so do you want to kick it off
2: Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. So the way it says strategies, it makes you think like, oh, the devil actually thought these things out. He plans them ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So, And it also shows how he is alive and he's actually at work. He's not just some abstract thought that's like, oh, the devil. It's like, nah, he's real. He is there and he wants you to suffer. He wants you to doubt. He wants you to fail. He wants you to fall. He wants you to like have cracks in your armor and you know, it's not good.
0: Yeah. Well, I like that you said the strategies like my translation says the schemes and you're, you're kind of right about like the devil does have power. Obviously like we can see the destruction that he's made on this world. So he clearly does have power, which is why, We need this armor that Mm -hmm. we're going to get into. Next part says. um, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this, against the world forces of this darkness, Mm -hmm. against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Woo. I love that.
2: Yeah. Why do you love it?
0: Well, it shows that the real war is not the physical wars on this earth. Like those do have an impact. Those are important. Uh, they're unavoidable and some wars are needed, but that is not the battle that really matters. It clearly the battle that matters is the spiritual battle. So the battle within our own hearts, um, the ultimate battle is Christians against Satan.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And so I think that's, I'm glad that it emphasized that that flesh and blood is not the real struggle that we're going to have. The real struggle we're going to have is, yeah, against darkness, against the spiritual forces. So I think, I I love that it says that.
2: Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that he breaks it down into those three things, like the unseen world, the dark world, and evil spirits in the heavenly places. Um, So yeah, it's like there's unseen evils around us. And then there's like, there's the evil spirits in the realms beyond us. And there's just, there's a lot of mighty powers here on earth that we actually witness and see so that it can be in so many different places. And we have to be careful to look out for them and to mm-hmm. trust in God. Um, I mean, to, we got to yeah. think
0: about what, what really has more of an impact on people. Is it, is it the physical wars? Like those definitely have impact for sure on, on people.
1: I think maybe that's what it leads to. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard how some Christian commentators have like talked about this idea where the reason why society tends toward destruction is because there's an evil force behind it all? I mean, that's people don't really put it into words, but if you think that sin is is or can be put into our heads by the devil, then it would make sense that uh, it starts with an individual, and then the family, and then society. And then, the situation degrades. It's just uh, it's just interesting that like you see how civilizations rise and fall, and it's it deteriorates, right? It, there's a progression of corruption and it, degrading ideas. I do wonder though if maybe war is where it all leads. Like it starts. I mean, we have this. Uh, Societies and civilizations that become strong because of ideas, I guess, uh, from philosophers and people that think critically, even over time, the civilizations degrade and then they eventually buckle and fall uh, with corruption and stuff like that. And I kind of wonder if maybe the overall driving force um, of that is the devil, because I don't think there's, without getting into politics, I don't think there's any one individual that has, like, this evil, malicious scheme of how uh, societies or civilizations is going to degrade, corrupt, and then buckle under its own weight. I think it's just... He's just got his finger hovering over the red button that he's about to push and turn the key at the same time and destroy the world. Yeah, there's no no single... Like, I think it's just... There's a ton of moving parts and a ton of variables that go into, like, say, the fall of the Roman Empire or whatever. And... Um, I, I kind of wonder if, it's, if that's where it's like, so it starts with one person, right? Well, I mean, obviously everyone's sinning, but like it starts with a found, the foundation is, you know, individual, individual people, and then families and then communities and then societies. And maybe the devil is just behind all of that, trying to lead societies toward destruction. So I think that's probably the case.
0: Mm-hmm. I think... So yeah, I think he starts at the heart of the individual and then once he's able to corrupt him, he could start to corrupt the family and then the community and then it starts to grow from there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I do think that clearly the struggle of man with the spiritual realm is a day-to-day thing where it's every single person all the time, where war is kind of temporary and it goes away, and it's still a, an important thing to look at. But this is, this is, that is life or death, physical war. But this is like, it, when you die in the war, it's like, yeah, that's not good, right? That sucks. But if you're not spiritually right, you're not going to be able to seek salvation and you're going to go to hell. <laughs> Sorry to put it blunt, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's clearly, more important so the devil is going to do whatever he can in order to prevent that especially for people that i think god could use for great things satan tries even harder against those people yeah. so i think the clear yeah the clear battle is against the is again not against flesh and blood but against our spirit um i mean it's clear so in first peter Chapter five, verse eight, it says, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour.
2: That's a good verse.
0: So resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brothers and sisters who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself protect you confirm strengthen and establish you to him be dominion forever and ever amen so yeah the devil is like a roaring lion like i can picture like a lion just kind of crawling in the grass and he's looking at a little lamb in the field and he's just waiting to pounce on it that is kind of what satan is with us and we have to resist him every single day and the more we choose not to the easier it is for him to to get into our head and to get into our spirit So we have to resist them on a day-to-day basis. Some people, temptations are easier to handle than others. But for the most part, it's going to be with everybody, which is why this is so important. um, Because it has to do with our entire salvation itself. Which is why that sounds like there's no way to get out of that. That sounds impossible. But this is why God gave us the armor. Which is what we're going to get into now. To fight against that.
2: Exactly. I like how you pulled up that verse. Verse 13 says, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be, sorry, then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Yeah. So every piece of the armor, not just one piece, but all of it, you need all of it to function. Every
0: single one. Yeah, I think so. Like, so I'm glad that we were given this armor, like I just said, because in order to fight a spiritual battle, God gave us spiritual weapons. Uh, so we are to not doubt our armor either, if this works or not. It's uh, it covers every aspect of how we can fight against this devil. So I think we should get right into it, unless you guys have anything else to say there. I'd love to talk about each and each and every one of these pieces mm-hmm. of armor.
2: Verse 14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness.
0: So the belt of truth, why would God choose to put or what? Yeah, why would God choose to give us that? I think it's important to speak the truth uh, and it's not easy to do it because often speaking the truth can hurt us. It can make us uncomfortable uh, because many times when you say something that's true, there's consequences to that. Uh, I remember an old memory of when I cheated on a test when I was a kid. Uh, I told the truth and I told my parents what I had done and they were thankful that I told the truth. But they said, "Now, now you're going to go to your teacher and also tell them the truth. And we're going to we're going to make you do it. So I had to go to my teacher And this is the first time in my life, my lip literally quivered as I was talking. And I said, I cheated on my test. Was that easy? No, that was very uncomfortable. But I remember it to this day because it helped build my character of it doesn't matter whether or not it hurts in the moment or it's embarrassing. The truth is paramount and it's way more important than being uncomfortable. And that's just talking about general truth but I think there's more to this I think it's talking more about the truth uh, talking about Christ but Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that's kind of my opening remarks on that
2: yeah Jesus the way the truth and the life Um, no
0: one comes to the father except through me
2: amen so yeah the belt of truth a belt holds everything in place truth is at the center of the armor Um, without truth there is no clarity without truth the armor falls apart you will not be secure without this belt
1: that's good. I like that. I mean, I guess it's important for you to be on guard every day against um, mistruths or fallacies that might come across either through social media or casual conversations with a friend. Because unless you're uh, disciplined enough to put intentional thought into being on guard or uh, catching, recognizing fallacies. Or bad ideas when they come, then they can easily slip in, and that can corrupt your uh, belief system. I guess
2: I was just thinking about how, like, truth is obviously the opposite of lies, right? And the devil is like the ultimate liar, John 8. Ate- Verse 44 says, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. So I think that verse just shows how much we need that belt of truth to, you know, because there's no truth in the devil. There's truth in God. So we need God in order to not fall to the lies of Satan.
1: I like that, Emily. That's good, I think. Um, Moving on, the next piece of armor is the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, I kind of wonder if that's... Well, let's see now. The breastplate covers vital organs. Maybe that's to represent that the truth is the foundation and the breastplate of righteousness is what protects you against evil I mean, that sounds very vague, but if you're talking armor, then you have to compress all, I guess, the ideals under into like one all-encompassing thing. They're just going to say righteousness. So the breastplate of righteousness to shoot your vitals against evil, and so you don't, well, die in battle from it.
2: Yeah. There's so many vital organs, and that's all where the breastplate is, so... I
0: like that. <laughs> I hate to go back, but I just remembered I had mentioned when it comes to the belt of truth. I was talking about speaking truth, but I was talking about speaking general truths. But I don't think it's just talking about speaking things that are true. I think it's saying speak the truth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, in the Bible, it says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, like you had said. Could it mean so both? I it's talking about speaking about Christ and, and bringing Christ as the attention and okay. everything you do you're you're spreading the word of god and you're spreading jesus amongst everyone you know I see. that is the truth that is yeah. the ultimate truth i think i think it's also getting at that as a as a, along with also staying away from um, speaking things that aren't of god i think it's also talking about hmm.
1: christ as well yeah that makes sense but yeah we
0: can go back to you breastplate of righteousness well what is Righteousness in the biblical sense, because when normal people think of righteousness, I think all oh, they just think of, you know, just. I'm someone who is a just person, but righteousness, I think in the spiritual sense is living according to what God teaches. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd say is a righteous person. There's someone who wakes up every day following Christ. That's a righteous person. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Like I, in my notes, I wrote down to be righteous is to be right with God. <laughs> Pretty much the same idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of close to a shield in the same sense, a breastplate, where swords and attacks from Satan, it'll protect us from that uh, because we, our, our morals are strong and we're concrete in God. Our foundation is built on God and his word, so attacks won't harm us because we are making sure that uh, we didn't get our morals from ourselves, but we are living to a higher standard from our own. where Our standard comes from Christ. So in that sense, uh, we're stronger against Satan because our foundation's Christ and it's not our own interpretation.
2: Fifteen. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Um, I find it interesting that he uses... Um, peace for the shoes because in isaiah 52 verse 7 it says how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news who proclaim peace who bring good tidings who proclaim salvation who say to zion your god reigns so just thinking about how they proclaim peace so it's your feet that take you places and it's so important that you proclaim that peace wherever you go
0: I don't think this part is necessarily talking about peace. It's talking about gospel. So, like, good news. So, like, my translation says, having strapped on your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace. So it's describing the gospel as peaceful. But I think it's saying that the feet are the gospel. That's anyway's how I read it. Uh, And the reason why I think that makes sense, besides just saying, yeah, I mean, the gospel of peace, is that... I know I really like this part I did think when I used to read it I I made this poster in my room when I came back from Winkler Bible Camp one year because the theme was the armor of God for the for the camp so everyone made a what's it called um a footprint a soldier <laughs> Just... like they they made a uh like a Roman soldier and you do the helmet and you point it to like you know helmet of salvation and then the sword and the shield and everything the belt and then i did the shoes and i I wrote in because everything was easy and small so i was like writing shoes of the gospel of peace and i was like i don't get what that means (laughs) and now i actually get it so i I like how you describe it a little bit more artistically which i think paul was also trying to do with this uh, using it as a metaphor because there are awesome places that we could see That would be completely off limits if you're barefoot. So if you run into battle with no shoes, you're going to be weak and you're going to be limited. So shoes give you the ability to go anywhere. And the gospel is like that. Without the gospel, we can't go fight the battle that God asked us to. Mm -hmm. So we need the gospel truth uh, in order to actually fight this battle. So... Yeah, I I really like that it added that. I mean, the gospel is the center foundation of Christianity itself. So that guides our path, right? The gospel itself is what allows us to know where to go and what to do and how to live. So, yeah, I I love that part that he Mm -hmm. added. And I actually get it now, now that I'm older. Awesome. William, anything on the gospel of peace being shoes?
1: I think you guys pretty much said it. I mean... Another way to say it, I guess, is be ready to follow God, which sounds like an obvious thing. And I think that a lot of people say that they're ready to follow God, but I don't think that many of the people that say that they are actually ready to follow God because there's usually things that are holding them back.
0: And then verse 16 says, In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one.
2: Wow. Just think about all those flaming arrows like coming at you. That is intense. That is freaky.
0: Yeah. And maybe kind of scary. hmm. But what is our faith? Well, you can't. I don't know. Tell me if this seems different to you guys, but like everything else here seems like. Seems like how to explain it. They are things that God gives us, right? the sword of the spirit. He gives us his truth. He gives us the gospel. He gives us um, all of these things. But when it comes to the shield of faith, well, faith is something that we have to earn by asking Christ into our lives. Now we have faith in him. Mm -hmm. But I guess God gives us everything. So technically, I guess God does give us faith. But our faith in God is our protection, which I guess is what it's saying. That's why it's our shield. Uh, because without our faith, then all these arrows will hit us because we're not built on Christ. We're built on our own ways and we're built on what we think to be correct. So technically that makes sense then that our mm-hmm. faith in God is our protection.
1: Yeah, that could be it that your faith is the thing that is the, the first defense, I guess, against anything that might um, cause you to stumble. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have faith, then you're going to lose everything else. Like that's, I guess, I mean, we were saying that the the belt of truth was holding everything together and it is to some extent, but without faith, you wouldn't even have truth.
2: Mm -hmm. I think faith comes first. You need faith in order to even have the armor on and, um. It's your first defense against anything that the devil flings at you, because that shield is going to take all those hits. Um, and obviously, it's strong enough to withstand, because it's given to you by God.
0: And God is stronger than Satan.
2: Yes, he is. Um, so in the Bible, the idea of God being a shield around us has is like... Throughout it. I've seen a lot of verses that talk about God being a shield. One of my favorite ones is Psalms 3 verse 3 that says, But thou, O Lord, art a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I just think it paints such a beautiful picture of how God is our shield.
0: Okay. Uh next part. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet of salvation. Well,
2: The helmet protects your head, your mind, your ears, your eyes, mouth, nose, all these essential parts of listening and communicating to others. Um, Often in the Bible, it talks about how we need to guard our minds from the devil. And I think salvation is the key to that. Um, Like in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 15, it says, take every thought captive to obey Christ.
0: Mm. I find it interesting that Isaiah 59 actually talked about a helmet of salvation and a breastplate of righteousness before the armor of God. (laughs) So Paul did not uh, think of this, guys. So in Isaiah 59, uh, verse 16, it says, and he saw that there was no one and was amazed that there was not one to intercede. Then his own arm brought salvation to him and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. And he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a cloak. So I thought that was interesting that uh, that was actually used before Paul had actually used it, which I found out today while doing research for this. Um, But So the only time that I could think of uh, for imagery of why it was chosen that salvation would be a helmet was that salvation is something that you're consciously choosing to do. Salvation is you saying, yes, I am willing to submit to God for the rest of my life and I will follow him all the days of my life. So that is a conscious choice. So it's using your head in order to make that decision. And that's what the helmet is doing. It's protecting that head. Uh, that's what I could make as the connection between why he chose choose to use it. Uh, so yeah. The second part says the sword of the spirit. Mm-hmm. So the spirit, so I I found this interesting. Let me reread it. It says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So at first, when I read sword of the spirit, I'm just like, oh, the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But then it says, soul of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the word of God is the spirit. Is that what it's saying?
1: Go for it.
2: In John verse one, it says, and the beginning was the word right? And that he's talking about Jesus being the word. So maybe it's just like a Trinity thing where they're all a part of the word of God, including the Holy Spirit.
1: I guess if faith is your defense and the spirit is your offense.
0: Yeah, you're right. So uh, John 1 verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then at 14, it says, and the word became flesh Mm -hmm. and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory. Glory as the only son from the father. So this is telling us that the word became flesh. So the word is Jesus. So replace that when you read this. In the beginning was Jesus. And the G- and Jesus was with God. And Jesus was God. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Throw that at uh, Muslims who try to tell you that there is nowhere in the Bible that you can find the Trinity. There's one example right there. Hmm. Uh, so yeah. It's it's true that the word of God is Is God's Spirit is the Trinity is His Son, so the sword of the Spirit is our weapon. Now, not in the physical sense of killing people. Uh, I mean, I don't even know if I have to say that; it's pretty obvious. But when it comes to this battle against the devil, how are we going to win this battle? Well, we can't do it with our power, because we're gonna die. (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna fall short, and we're gonna sink into temptation, and we're going to allow the devil to take over. The only way we can fight it is with God and Jesus. He is the one that's fighting our battle. We're not fighting it. It's him. He is our sword. So in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living and active, and sharper than any two-edged sword, even penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So here again, it's using a reference of the word of God being a sword. Hmm. So I think that's pretty cool. And it's, it's clear that the only weapon that is going to defeat Satan is Jesus. And make no mistake about it, he will defeat Satan mm-hmm. uh, in the end times when he throws him to the lake of fire. So yeah, we can be sure of that.
2: And if you think about swords as being swords as they are in the physical realm, um, using a sword takes a lot of practice, like to become like a skilled swordsman, you need to actually have that training. Um, So I think in having the word of God be a sword, you actually need to like train yourself with the word, read your Bible is the way to do that. And actually putting in the time to know what his word says is so important when you're trying to withstand the devil and just get through life too. So in Isaiah 40, verse 8, it says, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. Just let that sit for a bit. (laughs) His love endures forever. (laughs) So, forever. The word cannot be destroyed. It's always there.
0: I nailed that.
2: You did. That was beautiful.
0: Thanks. Okay, uh, we can move on to verse 18 now. With every prayer and request, pray at all times in the spirit, and with this anew, be alert with all perseverance and every request for all the saints. And pray in my behalf, that speech may be given to me in the opening of my mouth, to make known the, with boldness the mystery of the gospel.
1: What it could be saying here is that for every occasion or for every Possibly decision or um, significant event to pray about it in the spirit, so be sincere and be listening. Because you can pray, I guess, in honestly, not being in the spirit, although people don't really think about that too much. But if you're just doing it, going for the motions and just doing it mechanically without really trying to be sincere, mm-hmm. um, like a, some kind of exercise or whatever. then it's possible to, I guess, not be in the spirit. Or if you're just doing it so you can tell yourself what you prayed about, but you already have the answer already predetermined in your mind because, uh, so you can say or tell yourself that, oh, why I prayed about it, um, but this is what I think the answer is, or I didn't hear anything, so I'm just going to go with this or whatever, but it's actually just something that came out of your own desire. So pray in the spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayer and requests. I don't know what I get out of that variety of prayer. Yeah, variety well, of requests. I was of
0: variety of prayer. Like, there's group prayer. There's individual prayer. There's silent prayer. Mm-hmm.
2: There's oh, also, I see. There's also praying in tons too.
0: Yeah. Then there's like a there's like a an emotional crying out prayer that you mm-hmm. can do, like when you're really deeply distressed. Yeah. Um. God understands
2: every single sound that you make. He knows the cries of your heart.
0: And that's one thing that the more I learned about other religions, um, I was, I know about Islam is that they pray constantly throughout the day, like the seven daily prayers. And then like before they leave in the, they've even left the home for work. They've already prayed like five times and businesses will shut down. For like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And, and they just put their, they'll like own a little shop in Qatar. I have a friend who went there recently and they told me that they saw this. So said, we tried to go into the store. The door was locked. She looked in. She just saw a guy laying on his mat in prayer for 30 minutes. And then he opened his store again because he's like, sorry, I was too busy praying. That's how much they emphasize prayer. Is that they're willing to shut down their businesses just to pray. An alarm will sound in many Islamic countries where everyone just stops what you're doing and pray. Like that is, I, I don't know. Like, that's awesome that they do that. I know that I don't, I don't believe in their God, but you got to give it to them there. Like, that's great. I think Christians should adopt a lot of that into our daily lives. Just stop what we're doing and pray. Like you can have the entire armor of God that you want, but imagine being a prayerless Christian. (laughs) Where, how far are you really going to get? There'd be no communication mm. at all with God. Without a relationship, I don't really see how it's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need prayer. It's, it's not even a question. Like it's, I think this part is just clearly emphasizing that. Pray at all times in the spirit.
2: Yeah.
1: It also says to be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So I guess be alert of when you need to pray or mm. that that possibility should always be there in your mind. Mm-hmm. And to keep on praying. That's interesting for all the Lord's people. So pray for all Christians, I guess.
0: Yeah, it could be that. But the Lord's people are kind of everybody, isn't it?
1: Not like everyone are. Like, God, I mean, mm, I think this might be referencing Christians, but that could be it. Let's see. What does it say in the New in King? the
2: translation I'm reading from, which is the NLT? It says, "Pray for all believers everywhere." Oh, okay,
0: oh, okay. That'll
1: that clears it up there. Yeah, okay, and the New King James version is for all the saints. I mean, we're
0: also to pray for those who persecute us, so. Well, for sure. Yeah. Pray for but this part here is talking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then it says, um, and pray in my behalf that speech may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Hmm. Here's that reference to the mystery of the gospel again. Yeah, we had that a couple. That was what it uh, was <laughs> it? Ephesians 4? We had that? The mystery of the gospel. Do you remember that? Yeah. Now it's referencing mm-hmm. it again. I think that's kind of interesting. Um, for which I am an ambassador in proclaiming that I may speak boldly. So I think this is saying that we are to boldly speak the truth. And that we are not to be ashamed of the gospel. Uh, for it's the power of Christ that gives us give salvation to everyone who believes.
1: Mm-hmm. It also sounds like that he was aware that... Um, he needs God's help to use the right words.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Where is maybe given me so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel? It's interesting. yeah, it is interesting that he's referencing that again. I wonder why but he's saying it like that.:
0: He's saying, "Pray for me.": So I think I, this is pretty close to where he was persecuted. So I wonder if he's saying this because he's needing peace. Pray in my behalf that speech may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness of the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. There's another
1: reference to being, I guess, enslaved to Mm -hmm. um, his faith Mm -hmm. or enslaved to God, maybe.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. I like that he's asking them to pray for him because it shows how we need to pray for our spiritual leaders.
0: Yeah. And then in uh, 21, it says, so that you may also know about my circumstances as to what I'm doing, uh, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will make everything known to you.
1: Oh, no, wait. Hang on. Sorry. That's I was thinking ambassador and changes and like in in slave. But I forgot that he was in prison at this time. Yes.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. And where it says God's ambassador, it reminds me of how we are also called to be ambassadors of Christ, such mm-hmm. as in Second Corinthians 520. And in Colossians, um, Colossians, Colossians? <laughs> I think it's Colossians. Yes. So Colossians 3, 17, that says representatives of the Lord. So that's what we're supposed to be so that we can also speak boldly about the gospel too. And that's kind of what the armor helps us to do as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, so that you also may know my circumstances as to what I'm doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful servant in the Lord will make everything known to you. I sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know about us, that he may comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and sisters, and love with faith, from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. I'm reading from New American, if anyone is wondering.
2: (laughs) Tychicus is described as being a beloved brother and a faithful helper in the Lord's work. Uh, so that's what we should be, too. We should all be faithful helpers in this work.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think it was mentioning uh, that he may comfort your hearts. He was talking to the people of Ephesus uh, that they needed comfort at the time because Paul was imprisoned in Rome uh, when he was writing this. So he was asking for comfort for the people because uh, obviously it's very stressful times and he was praying peace for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very humble of him to do during uh, considering his circumstances. Uh, But it was clear that God was using him in in such great ways throughout his entire life. And uh, this part of Ephesians is great, Uh, this whole armor of God, that uh, God was able to use this analogy that is so popular. And I don't know if people look at it as deeply as they should. I mean, even with this, I want to come back to this on a later day as well Uh, because i think it's much deeper than what i'm even understanding
3: yeah
0: uh but it's it's a great it's a great way i think almost anyone can understand what it's saying even me as a kid i could i I understand i understood that these are all aspects of my faith that i need to have if i want to fight against the ways of satan i need to have all of these traits that god gives me and and i need to wear them on a daily basis if we want to win this battle so um, I think it's great. And this conclusion, uh, yeah, he's just sending out a prayer to the people, I think. And yeah, and asking for peace for them and grace to those who believe.
1: Mm-hmm. It's interesting that um, he has all these different ways to represent different virtues or ideas when it comes to Christianity, or the Bible does. So, for example, the fruits of the Spirit are a bunch of different virtues that we should inhabit, or not inhabit. That's not the right word for it. That we should. Um, have, I guess, embody, embody or that we should practice. And uh, because I guess a tree, whether well, a tree is a good tree, is, can be told by its fruit. And for this, he's making representation to the struggle of being a disciple, the great right war ahead of us as Christians, the spiritual war. And so he's like, here are the, these are the tools of Christianity that will help you fight and so we're going to use the analogy of armor and he attributes every single spiritual tool to a piece of armor and i think it's a very creative and interesting way to put it and it makes the message a lot clearer for a lot of people
2: Mm -hmm. so i like how it's like he's encouraging them and i feel like He's encouraging us too. all these years later, we are still needing this encouragement. And it's lovely that we still have all these Bible um, verses to look at and all of these books of the Bible. Um, So praise God that we have the Bible to guide us, equip us, encourage us and empower us to go out and do what God tells us to do. It's a great ending to the letter. Where it says, Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters, and may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so it's a blessing for all Christians to this day and beyond us. Paul doesn't just think about the now um, that he was living in, he thinks about beyond that. God gave him insights for the generations to come, and we are benefiting from that. I love it. <laughs>
0: Well, I guess I'd say that sums up our exploration into Ephesians. This was awesome. Mm-hmm. This was our first uh, section that we'll be looking into. Uh, okay, so yeah, we're very excited. Uh, we're going to have a guest on next, which is going to be a great podcast. It's going to be a little bit different style. Less so a Bible study and more so just a discussion with the, with the guests that we're going to have. So it's going to be very exciting. And then we're going to have a new section that we're going to look into after that. Um, So this was really fun, and uh, I think obviously over time we're going to get better and better at this, and we're going to be able to extract more and more. We thank you guys for following us along in Ephesians. If there's anything that you guys wanted to give us when it comes to feedback, uh, whether maybe something that we missed that we should have gotten from Ephesians, or just points that you want to emphasize, definitely give us a, a shout on any of our social medias that you can reach us out on. That be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, or Patreon, if you guys want to subscribe to that as well.
2: And our website has a contact form section.
0: Yes, so disciplesquest.net. You could also give us a, a question or a statement that you want to through our website. We'd love to hear it. Uh, it was really fun to walk through Ephesians with you guys. And can't wait until that next section that we're going to get into.
2: Yeah. So let's pray.
0: Let's do it. I'll pray. Dear God, thank you for everything that you've been able to teach me and the others through Ephesians. Thank you uh, for this letter that you gave to us. And God help that I don't just forget these things that I learned, God, but I take them to heart and that I, I use what I've learned throughout my days as well as everyone else listening, God. And I thank you for the armor that you have given me that I'm going to take up every day. And thank you uh, to all the listeners. And I pray that everyone has a great week as well. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 And thank you to our patrons. That would be Darlene, Brendan and Nathaniel. We really appreciate that guys. Thank you for your support. And uh, like I said, you can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Patreon and disciplesquest.net. Thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you next week. See ya. Bye.
2: Bye.